spiritual hunger. This is a message that I've been preaching for, oh my goodness, I don't know. I, I first began to experience spiritual hunger in high school, but it wasn't real intense because I didn't know all that was available. But for what was available, I had some spiritual hunger. But uh, when I started going to the vineyard back in the 80s, uh, spiritual hunger really took off in me. And uh, then getting around people that were preaching spiritual hunger, I never really think I heard a message on spiritual hunger until I got, uh, you know, into the, a new stream and started to hear about about that. And um, so I want to talk about just a basic core thing and that's been in my life for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. And... Um, it's, I heard Mike Bickle once say that wherever he goes and preaches on spiritual hunger, leaders don't like it. Leaders don't like it. Because I guess they want to think that they've already got there. <laughs> and they were just trying to get everyone else to catch up to them. Not realizing that when a leader is hungry, people will get hungry. And so... Uh, this is something I've preached on, on a lot. I used to say to the youth that um, that if you leave youth group and you have hunger, you're set for life. As long as you keep fueling the hunger. You might not know a lot of things, but if you have hunger. And, and uh, so, could somebody get me that chair? I, I think I'm going to sit down. <laughs> uh, yeah, let the young guy get it. I want that one. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. So did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Ate a lot? Do you know that our house we had we had a uh, two two different kinds of uh help me here, Alyssa. Of main dishes and side dishes, two different versions of every meal, one that me and Cheryl and Alyssa could eat, and then one that, and Joel. Yeah, gluten-free, sugar-free. And it was good, really good. <laughs> All right, well, let's pray. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for the snow. Thank you for the beauty of seasons. And Lord, we've all walked through seasons in our life. Some seasons have been full of joy and good tidings and good news. And other seasons have had some bad news. And yet your joy remains. Your promises stand true, though circumstances vary. Your word endures forever. And thank you for your presence. Thank you for being with us. God, make us hungry. I pray for hunger to be imparted today that changes our schedules. Lord, do that. Do that, Lord. Bless our nation. We pray for a 
a mighty wind of God to blow all across America. God, from San Diego all the way up to Washington, all the way back east, God, and everything in between, we ask for the wind to blow, the fire to fall. In Jesus' name, let it rain showers that would wash away the filth in our land. We need you, Jesus. We need you. We need each other. We do. We need each other. And I pray we would learn that wonderful lesson of how we need the body of Christ. And we need the prayers of the saints. And we need encouragement. And we need to be encouragers. And we need to pray for one another. So thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So um, we love to be comfortable. We do. I love to be comfortable. My spa got fixed. Oh, oh, we've been in it almost every night. But um, <clears throat> we love comfort. And spiritual hunger is something that is, it's not comfortable. And yet it's wonderful at the same time. But I mean, I've been under hunger where it was painful to my body. It was painful on the inside, the hunger that I felt for the presence of God. And um, messages on hunger and pressing on requires us to move out of comfortable places to keep being stretched and purged and pruned. I mean, come on, pruning. Ouch! <laughs> That's not pruning. But we get pruned so we produce more fruit. The bottom line, we like to preach on these things, but we hate to do them. <laughs> but we are, we are all created with the capacity for physical hunger. True? Mm -hmm. Every human being, and I think all animals, I don't know about that, have hunger which triggers us to put something in us to satisfy the needs of the body. Right? Spiritual hunger is the same thing. It requires us to put something in our spiritual body to nurture us, to cause us to grow, to cause us to be stretched. So, we cannot live without food. We cannot live without food. Even junk food will keep us alive for many years. I don't know how many years, but it will keep us alive for years, but... The wrong kind of food leads to all kinds of disease and early death. Okay? It's proven. The wrong kind of food, continuing to put it in our bodies. Inadequate food leads to the deaths of over 40,000 children a day. Inadequate food. No food. I don't know how, how long would that take. More than 40 days, <clears throat> unless you s start with less. 
No food leads to a much quicker death than inadequate food supply, and poisoned food can lead to instant death. All four types lead to disease and or death. All of mankind is created with a capacity for spiritual hunger. People have been worshiping the silliest and dumbest things in the world. I mean, stones and rocks and they carve something and then they bow down. I mean, that's ridiculous, but it's because we were all created with a capacity to worship. And if we don't know what to worship, rock, stone, bird. I mean, we, we worship silly things or we worship our own schedule, our own life, our own values. So each nation, like, did you know that, that the nation of India, they have 33 million gods. <laughs> 33 million gods that they were, I, they can't keep track of them, I know, but it's, it's crazy. But, you know, e, the Egyptians had all kinds of gods. And down through the ages, people have worshipped various things because Put within us is a capacity or a desire or a longing for who created us. There's this, you know, you've heard this said, a God-shaped vacuum within all of us. And if we don't fill it with God, we fill it with other things. And so, you know, there there's, can be such a twist or a perversion of the real thing of what, what uh, hungering after God is about. So there's all kinds of different religions and cults and the occult and people worship Satan and they and there's all kinds of perverse things, uh, you know, the planet and and animals and all these evolutionary beliefs, Um, and yet even with evolution, people are worshiping false things, but they're worshiping, and so we have a multi-billion-dollar industry a year through the psychic hotlines and and all those kind of things and so people are doing absolutely ridiculous and harmful things to try to satisfy the god void in our hearts so once we find god are we hungry anymore Yes and no. The Bible tells us both those things, so I believe in both. And I've experienced them both, haven't you? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So there it is. Once you come to Jesus, you're never thirsty again. And yet, because we haven't arrived, because we're not fully Christ-like, because we can know him more, and because we can have more of his gifts and power flow through our lives, we remain satisfied but unsatisfied. Sounds like a message. And so I know I've given this verse to you so many times. It's just so good. Not that I've already obtained all this. The Apostle Paul, 
with all that he experienced in his life, all the miracles, all the character, all the sacrifice, all the suffering, he says, I haven't obtained all that's available yet. Or if I, I haven't already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on hunger. I mean, there's hunger. Are we satisfied in Jesus? Absolutely. But are we still hungry for Jesus? Absolutely. How does that work? I don't know, but it does. And whenever you lose spiritual hunger, it's a sign that you're sick. It's a sign that you're sick. Because when you are physically sick, what happens to your appetite? It usually leaves. I mean, there might be some other kind of conditions that make you hungry all the time. But uh, most, you get the stomach flu, come on, you don't want to eat anything. You just want to die. Get rapture right now. All right, but so Jesus said this. Well, no, that's not where I'm going. I already did that. Spiritual hunger leads us to God. Spiritual hunger leads us to what I've been speaking on for two weeks, intimacy, character, and power. I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want more of you, Jesus. I want to know you better. I want to hear your voice. I want your power to flow through my life. I want to touch people. I want to. There's this spiritual hunger for God and for his kingdom. So we get hungry how often? Every three to four hours, we get hungry, right? Do we get hungry for God every three or four hours? three or four hours? See, physical hunger is paralleling spiritual hunger. If you get physically sick, you're not hungry. If you get spiritually sick, you're not hungry for the things of God. So I once referred to Moses as the greatest glory hog that ever lived because he said, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and I have found favor with you. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. Because the Lord up to this point had said, I'm not going with you. An angel's going to go with you. Then Moses said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Well, he just said his presence would go with him, but he's repeating. <laughs> That's not what spiritual hunger does to you. you. Just say it again. All right, you sing it again, or you pray it again, or you read it again, or you go to church again because you're spiritually hungry. Moses said, if your presence does not go with, don't send us up. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What will make us special? It's his presence. 
because there's all kind of clubs, there's all kinds of groups, there's all kinds of even groups where people love each other and get knit together. But what will distinguish us but the presence of God? And so we're hungry for that. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. He had already seen the ten plagues. Come on. He had already seen the Lord. He had already seen miracle after miracle. He would seen the burning bush. He would heard the voice of the Lord. And now he has the audacity to pray, show me your glory. Now that's spiritual hunger. That's hunger that's not being satisfied just by miracles and just by getting the part of the Bible written and being able to read things that the Lord had spoken. He, there's a hunger for the glory of God. Show me your glory. How many times have we sang that? How many times have we spoken that? How many times have we prayed that? Show us your glory in this land. Show your glory in America. Show your glory in the Kerner Valley or Lompoc, right? Show us your glory, God. Show us your glory. And I will cause, I must have skipped a verse. And the, and the Lord said, oh, okay. The Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, but, he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there's a place near me. I don't understand this. It's too wonderful. It's, it's amazing. Uh, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I pa- have passed by. Then I will remove... I'm sorry, am I not going? Okay. Then I will remove my hand, and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Wow. And then he shone. His face was radiant after this encounter with God. Moses was hungry for more. He'd already experienced more than any man up to this point and hardly even in the New Testament but then he goes on to say I show me your glory then you have David just show you some passages here as the deer pants for streams of water so my soul pants for you O God that's intense come on that's weird there's such intensity there's such longing on David that he describes it as, as and again, what, what this has reference to is when a deer is being hunted and the deer is longing to get to the water so that the deer is safe. And, and that's what he's describing we are to be like with God. That's pretty intense. Everything within you must get 
to the water. Are you going to tell that story? About the, the master and his disciple? No, okay. So there's this story about this, I don't know, rabbi or teacher or whatever, and he had a disciple. And they were walking along uh, by some water, and the disciple said, uh, how do I find God? How do I get close to God? And he says, well, let's go down into the water. So they went down into the water, and he, do you know the story? He puts them underwater, and he holds them underwater. Holds him underwater so long, the man begins to panic, and with his dying breath, he fights his way to the surface. And when he came up, he said to him, When you want God like you wanted that breath, you will find God. That's hunger. That's hunger. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, where's your God? O God, you are my God. Earnestly I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. My heart and my flesh. Everything within me wants God. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The Spirit and the bride say, Come! And let him who hears say, Come! Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. You will not do any of this if you're not hungry. You won't do it if you're not hungry. Within every person born again is the capacity for spiritual hunger. And yet all across our land, there's people who aren't hungry for more of God. Maybe here in this church, there's people that aren't hungry. Why, if you've been born again, Well, wrong food, inadequate food, no food, or poisoned food will make you spiritually sick. In um, Revelation, I don't know if I got this, yes. Uh, Jesus says to the church of Laodicea, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, 
So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. Now, none of us would ever say that, but we just act that way. I have need of nothing. You see, when you have need of nothing, you don't have any hunger. You don't have any hunger. And it's not enough to be hungry for your body to be healed or your marriage to be restored or your bills to be paid or something to get fixed. That's not the kind of hunger we're talking about. Though I understand hunger for those things, right? What we're talking about is true spiritual hunger for the things of God and for God Himself. If you don't feel hungry, you don't eat. If you don't feel spiritual hunger, you won't eat or you'll eat inadequate amounts of food where you can never get spiritually strong. People don't eat enough. What's that saying? You don't eat enough to keep a bird alive? Some of us don't eat enough to keep a bird alive, spiritually speaking. Why doesn't everyone who's born again have spiritual hunger and passion? Well, there's many reasons, but the bottom line is some type of sickness is set in. Because the Spirit of God has sent His Son in our, uh, the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, whereby, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. There's this hunger. So physical hunger is diminished through sickness. And so, how much time do you think you have? I'm not done quite yet, but okay. Proverbs 13, 12. I don't know if I have it. I probably don't. I do have it. Look at that. My brain's starting to work. Yes. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. The Bible describes two types of hope. A hope that can make you sick and a hope that will never disappoint. Two kinds of hope. A hope that makes your heart sick. I've had that. Have you had that? I've had the kind of hope where my heart got sick. I mean, you know, classic was for four years I was depressed. And it was all related to my hope was deferred. And it made my heart sick. But the Bible talks about a hope, a New Testament hope, a reality of hope where we never get disappointed. We don't get it, maybe, but we're never disappointed because that kind of hope doesn't disappoint even though we might not get it. Because what we wanted, we already got. Found in Jesus. And so, that word for sick means worn, weak, sick, or diseased. Many of us have lost our spiritual hunger because something we were hoping for or praying for, we had faith for it, has been, it seems, permanently delayed. And so our heart gets sick. Many have lost hunger because when you had it, you didn't seem to get more of what you were hungering for, 
So we lost heart. Oh, that was really super, super, super important. Because we've never stopped hoping for revival here, nor will we ever stop hoping. Because the next generation will carry it. Because its seed has been sown, and I've seen it coming alive in younger people. So, some of us may have been hoping and hoping for healing for so long that you've given up. We prayed and prayed and prayed. Our desire hasn't been granted the way we wanted, and it's made our hearts sick. And as Cheryl, I think, said early on, our hope is not in healing. Our hope is in the healer. Our hope is simply found in Jesus Christ. We simply trust him. And so maybe some of us have been praying for a husband or sons or daughters or a spouse or somebody, and they've gotten worse. They haven't gotten better. They've gotten farther from God. They've gotten more into sin. And when that happened, our heart got sick, and we stopped praying for them. We stopped hungering and longing with intensity, and our prayer life let off, and we stopped fasting for them. Because our hope got deferred and we got sick of heart. Or you've been hoping for a breakthrough in your family or neighborhood or church or whatever it is. And we, we, tent, we, we settle down to this is just the way things are and we lose our hunger. We cannot lose our hunger. We must fight the good fight. And to fight the good fight, you've got to stay spiritually nutritionalized <laughs> you have to have spiritual nutrition to stay hungry to keep your spiritual appetite we have to stay that way all right um well i'll do more later so joel why don't you come on up now joel is one of the hungrier people i know and uh, 